You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Hey, everyone. You are listening to another episode of the All Things Private Practice Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Cassell, joined today by Sharice Nance. She is a LCSW in the Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania area, serial entrepreneur, author, trainer, coach, group practice owner, wearing all the hats. and. Ironically enough, we are going to talk about burnout and compassion fatigue today. So I think it's a really good topic. Sharice, I know this is kind of your area of expertise and just introduce yourself and let's talk a little bit about your your passion areas. Yeah. So thank you for that introduction, making me sound good. I am a native of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I also run a private counseling practice in the greater Pittsburgh region with Matt partner and good friend, Tess Kinney. The practice is called Hand in Hand Counseling Services. We've been around, we're going into 10 years. So 2013, we opened our doors. We had a very small um, office space that Tess and I were sharing. We were still working at our full-time jobs and and doing a private practice on a a, um, very, very part-time basis. And then we grew into um, another office and we decided that we wanted to expand into a a group practice. So we employ about, I think, seven clinicians and we had a an, an administrative assistant as well. So it's it's just been um quite the ride. Um I, I call it like a roller coaster, just just observing and experiencing the growth um of, of us and of the practice. And during that time I created um my brand, Vitamin C Healing. I'm, I'm not selling vitamins. My husband came up with that name. <laughs> I share, you know, my vision, but it's metaphoric for healing of the whole person, mentally, emotionally, psychologically, spiritually, keeping in mind those helping professionals who struggle with compassion fatigue and, and burnout. And was, I was passionate about that because I've experienced um, compassion fatigue several times throughout my career didn't know that that's what I was experiencing because this wasn't something that was talked about when when I was in undergraduate or graduate school. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. And for the audience who's listening who doesn't know what compassion fatigue is, can you talk a little bit about what that what yeah. that looks like, how that how that's experienced, um, the symptoms in general? Yeah. So compassion fatigue is the physical and emotional exhaustion that frontline workers or people experience who are helping other people experiencing trauma, suffering, and pain. It's its really the natural consequence of, of doing this type of work. We're talking about your social workers, your mental health therapists, your case managers, nurses, doctors, anyone who is experiencing um, the trauma of, of other people. I often use the meta- metaphor, the common cold of the helping profession, because if you were doing this work 
you're probably going to catch it. Um, when I hear people say like, oh, you know, preventing compassion fatigue. And even when I first started talking about it, I'm like, the more I learn about it, I'm not sure if it's something that you can prevent, but it's something that we can learn to navigate and build an immunity to so that we're able to, um, if if we if we choose to, and I'm sure we'll talk about that later, continue to do the work that we we love. We are prone to it um, as as helpers, as as healers, as empaths, um, because we we care and we love the work that we do. And a lot of times we can find ourselves empathizing mindlessly and just getting lost in the stories of the people that we're helping. And we do need to, you know, be very central initially when we're, we're helping people, but some of us get stuck there and that's where the, the fatigue and the exhaustion um, happens. And this is something that can happen various times throughout the day, throughout the week. It's not like, oh, I, you know, had compassion fatigue last year, so I, I caught that, so I'm like immune to it. I'm never, you know, going to get it again. <laughs> It's about, you know, creating this like metaphoric toolbox so that you can recognize those subtle signs that we often ignore. And, you know, we're taught to just push through it. Oh, it's not a big deal. And those subtle signs um, manifest in, in so many um, different ways, physically, emotionally, behaviorally. So when I think about physical symptoms, you know, that headache that you just can't get rid of at the end of each day after you've, you know, you've met with a, a lot of clients um, or maybe that cold that you can't fight off. Sure, you're going to, we know, roll out going to the doctor and make sure that everything is is okay physically or physiologically. And even if there is something physical going on, that doesn't mean that this isn't like the onset of you feeling exhausted from the work that you do. So when you're experiencing those signs, we want to, you know, take some time. We want to build up that awareness so that we can know, okay, this is what I, I need mentally. This is what I need emotionally. This is what I need physically and emotionally. Um, when we find ourselves just becoming very irritated, I know for me, I'm a very patient person. Um, I can slow things down, but when I find myself pressing and getting into that taskmaster role. And um, I'm very irritable. I know that's a sign that something is is going on for me. Um, so irritability, um, impatience, um, withdrawing. Um, if you're someone who is is typically like a, a high performer, high productivity in a workplace, if that's starting to su suffer, these are some signs that we we want to look out for. Having those emotional outbursts, sure, we know we don't want to hold emotions in, but this is, you know, just not having control of emotions. I remember when I worked for an organization and it got to a point where I was expected to see 50 clients carry a caseload of, of 50 clients in the role of a social worker in the community, but these were clients that um, had a lot going on. Um, and 50 was like my breaking point. And I remember every morning I would wake up like with panic attacks, I was crying in the car, and I thought that was just a norm. That is not normal, that is not healthy because it was just something, it was just so random. Um, so you wanna really look out for those signs of, um, that that's something more serious maybe going on. Yeah, I appreciate that overview for everyone. And I like your comparison to like a cold because you're right. Mm -hmm. I was going to make a really sarcastic comment before you said that of like, is there a way to go through a career 
in the helping profession without encountering um, or experiencing compassion fatigue and burnout? And I don't think the answer is yes. I know that some employers may tell you the opposite, where they tell you like, practice self-care and take bubble baths after work and like put your feet up on the beach and you'll be okay. And it's like, you're on the front lines experiencing other people's trauma. Vicarious yes. trauma is real. You know, when you're either a medical or mental health professional, you are experiencing what's in the room. You're absorbing that energy. You're holding that space. You're hearing things that a lot of people are never going to hear. And mm -hmm. then you're going home and you cannot talk about it to your partner or your friends because you're protecting client information. And I know for me that when I'm experiencing symptoms like that, my wife knows this now, but like if I, if she comes home and I'm like on the couch watching Lord of the Rings or the Hobbit movies, she's like, I'm not talking to Patrick because he's clearly done for the day and he has no capacity. But we have, it's almost escapism for me where I'm like, I have to get away from what I've just yeah. experienced. And like, this yeah. is the only way for me to dissociate in this regard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. I know in, in our household, my husband at the end of each day, he he lights incense to try to create like this um, aura and it, it's helpful. And I know for me, um, at the end of each day, no matter what's going on, if I'm doing work from home or if I'm coming from the office or, or even if I facilitate a workshop, I take a shower because that helps me disconnect. Like I'm literally washing the day off and now I'm becoming Sharice the person. I'm not Sharice the entrepreneur, Sharice the business owner, Sharice the therapist, the Sharice the facilitator. I'm just Sharice who enjoys, you know, binge watching Abbott Elementary and, you know, debating about the distillers and all the changes they're making. I can truly like be myself and, and have fun. I don't have to be so serious and I don't have to be on. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely a fan of team shower and wash the day away. And that has yeah. always been helpful for me. And, you know, a lot of our listeners are not only mental health professionals, but entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. And I want to talk, yeah. we can talk all day about mental health burnout. I mean, it's just part of the profession. And after the last couple of years, it seems intensified times, times a million. Entrepreneur journeys come with burnout and compassion fatigue as well. And we were just talking about wearing all the hats, doing all the things. Um, the creative bursts of energy that come with being a successful entrepreneur often have another side to them, which a lot of people don't like to talk about, which is burnout slash overwork, exhaustion. I can't be creative. I'm stuck. I don't think I can, I'm enjoying this anymore. Can you talk a little bit about that in regards to like, you mentioned you wear all the hats. So I'm just curious about how that impacts you. Yes. Um, and, and something that I've learned is, um, I know personally, I have to be very mindful about just about my my life and my lifestyle in general, because it, it's a cycle. They're all connected. Um, you can't, it's hard to just like, okay, well, I'm just going to turn that off and just get back into being an entrepreneur. You know, if I find myself, you know, engaging in these like really heated, like controversial topics, um, that takes away from my creative capacity. And if it's taking away from my creative capacity, then it impacts how I help people. And then it's going to Im impact income. You know, because being a full-time entrepreneur is much different than when I did this part-time and I still had the security of my full-time job. So it's just, it's, it's, 
it's a lot because it just feels like you have to be intentional about every second of your of your day. Um, time really matters. You know, the quality of time, the quantity of time, you know, wearing all of these hats. And, and something that I found helpful with an executive coach that I was talking to more recently, you know, everybody has these like to-do lists. And for me, sometimes they're helpful and sometimes they feel overwhelming. But something that she said that really resonated with me was like, you know, can you write down a couple of things that you're just not going to do for the next four weeks. And just her saying that, I haven't done it yet, but I've been thinking about it. Just her saying that felt so freeing because there are a lot of things that I feel absolutely have to get done, but, you know, the brain doesn't work that way. Like we just, it's just impossible to get everything done. So if I can break it up into these chunks, it's almost like, you know, we talk about an EM, EMDR um EMDR practicing, we use that metaphor, you know, putting things in a container and putting them away. Like you're not sweeping it under the carpet. You're just putting it away until it's useful. Well, these are the, the things that are just not useful right now. So when she said that, that was really freeing for me. Um, and just understanding that with, with having two businesses, the, the private practice where I'm running that business and I'm fun functioning more as a co-owner um, and it, that business needs me to recruit and to, to interview um, staff and to make sure things are, are flowing um, in, a, in, a, in a healthy way. And then I have vitamin C healing where I'm a workshop facilitator and I'm a consultant. So it's a different type of energy because now I have to be intentional about um, almost dividing energy between the two. So, okay, I'm going to designate these days to the things I need to do for hand in hand. And these days are for, you know, workshops and consultants, but I can have some flexibility to, as I need to. Yeah, that's, that's really well said. And I think so often we overlook the fact that energy and time are probably the most important resources that we have. A lot of people are focusing on the financial piece, but in reality, if you don't have the energy, if you don't have the time or capacity, all of these things start to fall apart and crumble before yep. you. And when you're a business owner, we were talking about this before we started recording, it's you, right? Like your energy impacts the business, it impacts the brand, it impacts new contracts coming in, it impacts new projects going out. I mean, if you don't have that capacity, if it's diminished because you're not taking care of yourself, because you've gotten to that point of burnout, whether it is in a therapy practice, a coaching and consulting role, a speaking role, it doesn't matter. None of those things are going to be done well if you just do not have the ability to recharge and replenish and, and take care of yourself. Yeah. One of my favorite, um, I don't know where I saw this quote, if I read it in a book or if I heard it on uh, a podcast or YouTube video, but it really resonates with me. It's very simple. You can't be a top you can't be a top performer if you don't feel well. And that's just, that's just the reality of it. And we talk about feeling well, and you know, I know self-care is, is like a, a big buzzword now. When I'm thinking about self-care and building that, it's about building a foundation. Because when we have a foundation, like if you're building a house or anything that you're building, you need to clear space and build a foundation. When we have a foundation, no matter what's going on, we can always go back to that foundation. It's like an anchor. And when I think about self-care, I think about building a foundation of self-awareness and self-compassion. Uh, because if we don't have those, 
you know, all the bubble baths and massages. And don't get me wrong, I, I love those. But we we have to have this this foundation for being aware of what's what's happening within us and what's happening around us. And then how are we we going to learn to be a little more kinder and, and gentler and forgiving of ourselves for not, you know, hitting that productivity mark that we had for the week or the month or the quarter. Um, so it's just building that foundation of um, self-awareness and, and self-compassion. Yeah, those that's good advice. And I like that, that kind of simplicity of it because... I think people want tangible action steps in terms of like, how can I preserve and, and extend a career that isn't really like designed to be a career path that has longevity in it. And yeah, if you're a helper, I've always thought of it as like working yourself out of a job from day one. But in reality, you know, people are struggling probably in this day and age more so than we've seen in a long time. And it just has this ripple effect where like it wears you down and it wears you down and it wears you down. And, and if you're not able to, like you said, have that foundation, that's why we see so many mental health professionals leaving the field as well, because it's just too much to handle at this point in time if you're not able to take care of yourself. Yeah. And um, as you were talking, I was thinking about how there's a trajectory with compassion fatigue that I talk about in my workshops and this trajectory can happen in the course of a day, in the course of an hour. And we can go from being like super excited about just being on this new job, being in this profession, taking on new challenges and opportunities. And we just overexert ourselves. Sometimes we have poor boundaries and that puts us on a trajectory if we don't have those boundaries where we find ourselves feeling irritated, starting to withdraw. And then we get to that place where we're just like in zombie mode, where we're in autopilot, where we just have lost all meaning for the work that we do. And when people get to those withdrawal or those like zombie phases, a few things happen. Um, usually if people are in tuned and honest with themselves, they may decide that I need to take some leave. Um, I need to take some time to really disconnect to see if this is the work that I still want to do, if this is a job that I still want to do. And some people are able to, to do that and decide that they love to work and um, maybe they get their second win and they come back and are able to just, I guess, um, reorganize and reprioritize. But some people leave and neither, you know, um, answer or direction is wrong. It's just having, that's where we have to have that awareness and that self-compassion. But then we have people who just continue to push through it. They just continue to push through it and it just gets bad. And, and, and then it, that's when it turns into burnout. You know, so compassion fatigue and burnout, I think they're like probably first cousins, but they're they're different because burnout is not compassion fatigue is very episodic. It can happen like that. We meet with a client. We're not in the moment. We're empathizing mindlessly and we just get exhausted and we feel those symptoms. Burnout is more of a prolonged um response is prolonged exposure from just pushing through and it's it's more systemic and anyone can experience burnout. It's not just, you know, helping professionals, healthcare professionals, educators. Burnout is the entrepreneur, um, the executive director, the administrative assistant, the person who is just like just overworked um, and is exhausted and is is just kind of going through the motions and in those physiological symptoms begin to, to manifest. Um, 
And the thing about burnout is it can take years for a person to recover from burnout. And it can take years for an organization to um, recover from its employees being burned out. That's really a lot to take in and very powerful to think about it that way. And I love all your usage of metaphor and imagery. You can tell you're a MDR therapist. Um, but <laughs> I'm thinking about a couple of things like burnout to me also seems like you take that vacation, right? Because you're like, I need a break. But then mm -hmm. because you're so burnt out, when you come back to the workplace, you're already thinking about the next vacation and the mm -hmm. next time you can get away and the next time you can get away. So you can't really ever fully be present anymore because you always need something to help you get through the day. And hell, that's when we start talking about like the prevalency, the high prevalency of substance use in the field and, and just unhealthy coping skills. But then I'm also thinking about like borrowing time and energy from the next day, how often we push ourselves past our limits in our jobs. So we take 120% today and tomorrow we're starting with 80% off the bat. And then all of a sudden, like by the end of the week, you have absolutely nothing left and you're operating from a very low percentage. And it's just, it becomes cyclical. And then it's like, how do I get out of this cycle? And how do I get into a situation where like, I feel rooted and grounded in my foundation again? And I think that's when you start chasing other opportunities and other job mm -hmm. opportunities and potentially considering leaving the field. Uh, um, you, you hit on um, so many um, great points. As you were talking, I was thinking about um, also when we talk about self-care, it's, it's also about building a life that you don't feel the need to consistently escape from or need a vacation from. So sometimes I, I used to find myself so burned out that I had a hard time enjoying a vacation um, because yep. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's, it's only three days and, and then I'm going to have to be back. I had a hard time getting grounded and just being in the moment. And then I had to, to sit with myself and process, okay, so what's going on in your life where you can't even enjoy being on vacation? Like that's, that's not good. That's not healthy. There's something that's leading to this. And it was the work that I was doing for an organization. It wasn't this work. It was the vehicle that I was using um, to do the work that I love. And I had to change. And it's okay if it, if it, if it changes a lot um, because we are constantly changing. Like none of this is, is fixed, you know, as you, you talked about, you know, the evolution of it. And I think that um, we've been conditioned for so long to, um, I guess if we're, we're constantly like changing jobs or we're changing careers that we're not stable, you know, we can't be trusted when, you know, it's 2023, that couldn't be further from the truth. If, if I see that, I'm curious about it because maybe that means that the person has a true understanding of, of who they are, you know, that they're able to connect with their values. And it's important for them to make sure that their values are connected to the mission of the company that they're working for or the work that they're doing. Yeah, that's that's really well said. And and long gone are the days of people staying in a place of employment yeah. for 40 plus years, you know, and yeah. we don't have the assurances or protections and securities that a lot of people had uh, a couple of decades ago. So you're going to see people bounce more from job to job and interest to interest, and that's okay. And I used to be a hiring manager at a 
community mental health agency in town. And if someone came in with a resume where they worked at five different community mental health centers in two years in town, I didn't really dock them for that because I knew systemically the problem is not the work or the individual, it's the system. And these systems are not meant to be sustainable. So I was never going to look at someone negatively or unfavorably if I saw like, oh, you worked here, here, and here in two years. Like, yeah, the systems suck. Like, it's kind of against you anyway. So, yeah. uh, And I think you're right. Like, it's absolutely okay to evolve in these career paths and the recognition of like, there's a lot of shame in evolution and identity exploration and existential questioning when you're thinking like, you and I were talking about leaving the therapy profession or no longer really um, acting as a full-time therapist in either of our roles anymore because our careers have evolved elsewhere. There's a lot of identity crisis and existential questioning and shame and guilt that comes with leaving something behind. And sometimes leaving something behind is absolutely what you need. And it is more than okay to know that this journey as an entrepreneur and even a mental health professional, there's a lot of exits off the highway. And like, there's a lot of times where you're going to pivot, change course, turn around, question everything that you're doing. But I, I think it's important to always kind of act on uh, connection to your values and your why. Uh, your why is really important in a lot of this too. I like that metaphor. There's a lot of exits off the highway. I think that was a a great way to um, to describe this journey. And I know a lot of my colleagues and and even my family members have asked, like, well, what are you going to do now? Uh, when I when I left my job to do this full time, nobody questioned that because it was clear. Oh, she's a therapist. She's going to see clients in her practice. You know, she'll do this possibly Monday through Friday or a few days. Like it's it's very clear and it, it makes sense what she's going to do. But when I took that, I guess you could say that next leap because it was time. Um, and I said, you know, I'm going to decrease the amount of, of clients that I'm, I'm seeing. I, I still want to practice, but I just cannot do it at the capacity that I've done it for all of these years because I'm being called to a, a different um, direction. I need to focus on running this practice and supporting therapists and making sure that we get the therapists in here that um, that support our mission, that it's a good fit. And that requires time and energy. It's not something that we can rush through. And then, you know, I have the workshops and, you know, the speaking engagements. And that's, um, it's not as... Um, I guess you could say traditional is what people are used to. So people were constantly asking me like, well, what do you do every day? And I'm like, well, I I still run a business. It's just that my schedule isn't Monday through Friday, eight to four or nine to five. It's, It's very organic. It still requires my time and energy because now I'm using more of my creativity versus, um, you know, being more in the mode of um, of traditional work, if that makes sense. And I saw something, you know, not to go down that whole, um, I guess, capitalist road, but it, I think it kind of fits where we are more so now we're, we're being paid to think, you know, versus being paid for what we do with our hands, if, if that makes sense. 
That makes perfect sense. And I love that, that reference because whether we want to admit it or not, we live in a capitalist society in this country, right? And as mental health professionals in private practice, regardless of your values, you're in a capitalist system where you are taking fee for service. And if service doesn't happen, you don't get paid. Paid. And you can't pay the bills with goodwill or good faith (laughs) or good intentions as much as you want to. It can't happen. So it really starts to create this like polarizing paradox in terms of values of like, I want to help. I want to do all these things. I also need to fucking pay my student loan debt. Like there's all this. (laughs) Yeah. Fucking Navient. And, um, but I like that you said that and, and we are starting to see like being paid to think and create and do different things and be more unconventional. I love that because that's how my brain operates. My brain cannot operate in like this confinement of this box of like, this is what you do and this is what you do every day and you don't stray from this and this is the only way it works. And then my head would explode because that's just not something I can get behind. Yeah. And I, I didn't, I think I was fighting that about myself for, for so many years um, until I, I think I started to um, really gravitate toward it and embrace it maybe about um, a little over 10 years ago. Uh, my first stint with like, I guess you could say entrepreneurialism, if that's even a word, was um, was network marketing, multi-level marketing, which, you know, a lot of people think is a pyramid scheme. Um, but what I take, and I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to comment on that because I have some great friends doing that that are actually doing really well and they're, they're great people and they, um, they, they mean well. But I, I took away some, some really important, um, just, just nuggets and, and values uh, from doing that. I really got into like personal development and, and developing my mind and, and reading books that are aligned with what I want to do. And it, it just truly helped me to learn to be okay with taking a risk. Um, and this was like probably back in 2009 is, is when, is when I got in, got into this. So even though that didn't, um, work out, I was able to, to take away from like, okay, I know I have what it takes to, to take a risk and to be okay with loss, because if you're not okay with, you know, loss and risk and, and failure and uncertainty, then entrepreneurship and running a business is not for you. Like take that off the table, like, because you, you have to, it's going to happen. Um, so you're going to experience that loss, that risk, that uncertainty. And on the other side of that, you're going to experience great traumas, great success, you know, and you're going to overcome some obstacles. You're going to do things that you did, you never imagined that you can do. So there's, there's both parts of that. Um, and you have to be willing to embrace both of them. That's like the, the roller coaster of entrepreneurship. Yeah, I couldn't say that better myself. I think that if you are risk averse, then being an entrepreneur isn't a good fit. And that's okay. It's not. You know, there are absolutely wonderful group practices out there. I like to think we both run two of those. Yeah. Uh, there are great places to work. But if you are willing to take the risk and know that there is going to be loss, there's going to be self-doubt, there's going to be major imposter syndrome, Yes. <laughs> More often than you'd like to admit, even if it's <laughs> yeah. your level of success, because like, you know, we were just talking about that as well. But I think the flip side is the most liberating, freeing, beautiful 
thing and that you can't even put it into words sometimes. Like yeah. I imagine, and I certainly do not want to put words in your mouth, but I, I, I imagine 2023, you know, sure he's to compare to 20, 2009 has different opinions about like what you're capable of. And oh, yeah, you may be thinking like, I don't think I ever foresaw this for myself. I don't think for me, I ever thought more than I would just get my master's and be a therapist. That, that, was, that was it. That was the end point. And now I'm like, ooh, I'm getting ready to host my retreat in Ireland for, for entrepreneurs and then Spain and then Portugal. And I've got some cool stuff for 2024 that I can't talk about yet. And like the sky can be the limit when you can start to get into that flow state and, and start to recognize the skills that you bring to the table and how to apply them. But until that point, it, it feels really murky. It feels like you're kind of looking out into the fog. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm big on like words and, and, and mantras. That's kind of how my, my mind works because it helps me to stay grounded because, you know, having that creative mind, you can just be all over the place. Um, a couple words, a word, uh, a, a phrase that I wake up to every day is wake up to a process. When I wake up and I'm just like winging it and I'm all over the place, I know it's going to be one of those days where, you know, I'm easily triggered. I'm kind of walking on um, eggshells. So I'm like, okay, just just wake up to your process. You know what your process is. You know, I pretty much do the same thing in the mornings. And that helps set, set me up for the day, no matter what's, um, what, what comes at me. And also, I see everybody talking about their words for the year to work for, for 2023. And I took some time to really think about this. And for me, it's it's just freedom. It's important for me to have that freedom to just be, to stretch um, and, and just accepting that. Like I cannot be tethered to a desk. I need to, to constantly um, feel that thrill and that excitement, that uncertainty. Sometimes it, it gets me going because I know that there is, is better to come. And I think that's how I've evolved um, as an entrepreneur. But before it used to make me very anxious. Like I needed to know exactly what was coming, how much money is coming in. But because I've been doing this for, for quite some time now, I'm learning to trust myself to know that better is coming. Um, but there are still some days where that imposter syndrome creeps in like, why would they want to pay me this amount of money to facilitate a workshop? Like, are they sure? Are they going to like take it back? Are they doing the research on me? Like that, that still comes up because there are some days where I have to pinch myself and to, to believe that it's real. Yeah. Yeah. That's well said. I mean, that, that fraudulence comes up, but that, is also a good humility check in a lot of ways too. And in my opinion, I, I like yeah. a little bit of imposter syndrome. I don't like the debilitating, paralyzing imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. I'm like, but I, I agree like that pinch yourself moment. Is this real? But I also love that you're saying that you are more confident in knowing that you are going to figure it out and that you are going to create something even in those stages, those seasons of, being an entrepreneur where it may feel more murky or less clear or less certain. And I've had those lately with throat surgery thinking like, oh my God, my energy is low. I'm depressed. I can barely speak at times. Am I ever going to create another thing? And I have to really get grounded in my, you know, self and just do the, the, the work that I know I need to do to know that it's going to come.
And sometimes you just can't force it and you can't foresee it. But I know, you know, good things are also on the horizon based on history, knowing that I typically am going to figure it out. So for those of you listening, self-doubt is normal. Imposter syndrome is normal. Questioning a lot of your decisions, totally part of the process. However, lots of strategies in order to support you through those those times. The roller coaster, like Sheree said, like that's going to happen. The roller coaster exists. Sometimes there's going to be highs. Sometimes there's going to be lows. I always think, though, the highs are significantly more important and more fulfilling than the lows. They don't last mm-hmm. as long. I'll always say that my worst day as an entrepreneur is a million times better than my best day at the agency jobs that I worked at, and I would not trade it for the world. I love that. I love that. Yes, I, I agree. Yeah, and for those of you listening, I promise you that's the case, and it, it's just, it's a wonderful, wonderful ride, and I hope that it's all, um, I hope this has been helpful for all of you. Um, Sharice, if you want to just tell the audience where they can find more of what you have to offer, how to, you know, find your information, please feel yeah. free. Yeah, so Sharice uh, Nance across all social media platforms, LinkedIn, Facebook, um, Instagram, sharicenance.com is my general website. If you subscribe to the website, you will get a complimentary um, ebook combating the common cold of helping professionals. We were just talking about the common cold. Um, and the the course, the, the fullest well from fatigue to fulfillment uh, online course is a course about combating compassion fatigue. It's a self-paced three-hour um, comprehensive course. Right now, we're working to extend this, but right now, uh, social workers and therapists and counselors in the states of Pennsylvania and New York will get three continuing education credits um, for the for the online course. And that's at thefullestwell.com. What about if someone wanted to book you to speak or consult? I like how you think. If someone wants to book me <laughs> to speak, they can also go to sharicenance.com and fill out a contact form, or they can email us info at vitaminchealing.com. Love it. And I appreciate all the knowledge that you dropped today. Really important topic that we don't talk about enough. And all of that information, uh, Sharice's information will be in the show notes too, if you want to have easy access to that. And Sharice, thank you so much for making the time and coming on. I've really enjoyed getting to know you over social media, and it's just good to meet you like this. Yeah, I enjoyed this too. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome to everyone listening to the All Things Private Practice podcast. There are new episodes out every Sunday morning on all major platforms like download, subscribe, and share. Doubt yourself. Do it anyway. See you next week. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.